honestly, if you only listen to one random playlist this year, make it this one. You will not be disappointed. Welcome back everybody to my music memories. Today I am talking about a very interesting subject and a band who I went from not really knowing anything about at all, not even really knowing much about them, to really enjoying their stuff, to going to a whole other country to see them. And the band is The Deer Hunter. Now that is D-E-A-R, I don't know if there's a band with D-E-E-R, but there is a film, which everybody knows, um, and it's, it's, it's always a weird reaction if I ever say to someone, we're talking about music, and I'll say, have you heard of The Deer Hunter? And people say, oh, what, the film? And it's like, no, obviously not the film, we're talking about music right now, um... So, it's, yeah, it's always a little bit of a weird thing to have to specify. But they are a band from Boston, Massachusetts. And I honestly didn't know who they were. I'd never heard of them. I, you know, had no knowledge. I probably did have some knowledge. But it would have been passive because my brother was the one who discovered them. I don't know how he came about them but he liked the band so much very early on that I think it was the first ever tattoo that he got was a tree now they do a whole series of different kind of albums and EPs one of the series of of albums that they do are called The Acts and every single album has a tree on the front And he specifically had a tree, tried to model it on one of them, Act 2 possibly, I'm not sure which one, and um, and that was the very first tattoo that he had. So he would have played them on and off when he was here, and I would have kind of known that it was them, but not known who they were, if, if that makes sense. It's a touch of, he would say, oh, you know, like, we're going, want to see the deer hunter. I wouldn't know who that was. He'd play a song and I'd go, oh, okay, I know the song. I didn't know that was necessarily them. That kind of recognition. But essentially, it was around 2011. And I had started to pick up with um, who they were. I had started to listen a little bit more. And this was when I got slightly confused, because I said to my brother, well, what would be good for me to listen to? And then he tried to explain the difference of what they do, and what how they are, and it's, it's, it can be very confusing if you're just coming in now, because they're all, they're all written and they're all out, so it can, it can be very overwhelming. They basically have two main series of albums you have 
the acts that I've already mentioned, and it is literally Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, Act 4, and Act 5. And then you have the colour spectrum, in which each album EP is a different colour. And each colour has four songs, I believe, on each on each EP. And the idea, technically, is that um, the acts and the colours are supposed to follow each other. So that if you listen to all the acts in order, or if you listen to all the colours in order, you should get a feel of a story being told throughout. Yes, there probably are some other albums or EPs in the middle, but these these are like the main ones that if you wanted to look up, um, these are the ones that you would look up. Now, to make it easier, in the description, you will find two playlists. I have a playlist for my favourite songs from the acts, and a playlist for my favourite songs from the colours. Realistically, it's one of those things where I get that there was probably a kind of a culmination in the writing and, and the stories being told. For me, you can listen to the songs in any order that you wish. And if you want to combine the lot, you combine the lot. I just like the music. I really do. So, you know, I'll tend to just have my, my favourite songs scattered throughout and I'll just play them on random. So, you know... You can you can you can pick and choose, and for me, I would say if you want to at least go and just w listen to one song on YouTube directly after this, just to get a grasp of what they sound like, if they're not a band you've heard of before, then listen to the song Waves. It's a much more recent song. I would say, and I don't I don't want. I don't want anyone to kind of be kind of offensed by this, but it, in my in my, I would say it's probably a more commercial single. Not that I would consider. Oh well, that one's much more commercially viable. You know, I think it's it's still it still very much has their feel to it. I just feel like some of the music, as much as I love it it wouldn't really fit very well on most general radio stations whereas i think waves really does it would it would it would do it should do incredibly well on just normal rock stations um and it is one of my favorite songs i love that song so yeah if you get the chance um listen to those playlists they are in the description, and I would say if I had to give, <laughs> it's funny because I say it most of the podcasts, I'm not the biggest fan of giving comparisons necessarily because I don't want people who like one specific band think, oh, oh, excellent, he said they're similar, and then go and don't like them and think that I've lied. You know, because in my opinion, I think they sound like this doesn't mean that they definitely do. It's much more of a personal thing. However, for me, there is one glaringly obvious comparison, which I think I said in the last podcast, 
and that's Panic at the Disco. Now, the very, very early Panic at the Disco, early to Midland, their their music was very like showman, very stage show type, perf- like sounds, um, the kind of songs that you feel a part of the performance and that there's probably a play going on in front of the music that you're not seeing it's it's that kind of a feel they're definitely a kind of band who use the full use of the orchestra and they know what they're doing with 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 every aspect you know the very kind of showy that is exactly what i would say uh, the deer hunter is like I really, really would. And yeah, it was um, mid-2011. And I knew of them by this point. I, I would have known of the of them by name by this point. And I would have kind of registered a handful, maybe, of songs that I liked, but... At this point, I wouldn't have had any of their albums, but I would have known that they existed, and I would have known of who they were. And Florida was always the family holiday. However, due to certain family issues, we'd stopped going. We just weren't able, as a family, to really go and enjoy as much as we had. So, for a couple of years... We hadn't gone anywhere abroad. We'd gone to like caravan holidays and gone to see family, but we hadn't, you know, we hadn't gone on like a big holiday. And my brother came to me and said, "Look, what do you think about the two of us going somewhere together?" Now, it wasn't necessarily something that had come up before, but we got on really well. There's no reason why not. So I said to him, exactly that. I'm pretty sure I said, you know, why not? I'm happy. I'm happy to give it a go. Have you got anywhere in mind? And he said, yes, Boston, Massachusetts. So I was like, oh, that was not only quick, but um, very specific. <laughs> um, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming you have a reason. Because it's a bit weird to specify a specific place. Um, And he said, The deer hunter come from Boston, Massachusetts. They have announced a very special one-off performance. I say one-off performance. I think they might have done it a couple of nights in a row. I don't think it was only one night. It might have been. But a one-time thing let's say, in which they are going to do the entire colour spectrum in order on one night. Now, we're talking three and a half hours or so of music, I think, is roughly what it works out to be. Three to three and a half. And they're only doing it in their hometown of Boston. So, it's going to be in May 2012. Do you want to maybe go on a week to Boston, 
and we'll make our, our trip of it. So I was full, fully in. I was fully into that. I am the kind of person who you give me a task and I will task the shit out of it. The idea of having to try and find things to do was was everything that I wanted to try and do. It really, really was. So I organised everything. I organised uh, where we stayed. I organised the flights there and back. And then everything that we were going to do on all the different days. Making sure that we were specifically at the Somerville Theatre on the 9th of May to see. And that we were going to probably be there for most of the night. Um, because it was a very long concert. And honestly, this was the first and only time we went to a whole nother country to see uh, a concert. It's the only time we've ever done it. Now, <laughs> in my very first podcast, I talk about bands that I've never been able to see or chose not to. And one of those bands is Guano Apes, who are a German act that I would give anything to see. And it got to a point where I was genuinely considering going to Germany. I've been to Germany before, but I was genuinely considering going to Germany to see Guano Apes the next time they tour. Because the last time they toured, they didn't come to the UK. So even though they toured, I was waiting and hoping. And then when it wasn't announced... It was already too late to buy tickets. They'd sold out in most of the venues. So I didn't have a chance at that point. So there are some other acts. I mean, to to jump ahead a year, um, after Boston, we agreed that we would probably go somewhere else the following year. And we ended up going to Japan. There was a big, huge mess up. Um, it, we was, it was it's this whole thing. I'm not going to go into it now because it's not to do with music, but we were supposed to be going to San Diego and that fell through. Then we were going to go to Japan and we missed the flight. So we had to go back the following day and re readjust everything. And it was a mess. And oh, it was it was it when we got there, the actual trip itself was unbelievable. And I would love to go back to Japan and even see bands while we're out there because I I love a whole bunch of Japanese uh, musical acts as well so that would be fun and there was one instance when I was fully at the height of my Blue October fame when they were playing at the Hard Rock at Downtown Disney in Florida the year that we were there and I didn't actually know <laughs> it was one of those I can't believe it type moments because we actually just went to downtown Disney wandered around and there was like this big huge group of people outside Hard Rock and I walked past and we, we had to we had to kind of walk into the street to walk past because there were so many people and we asked the per we asked the person like what's what's this for who's going to be here tonight and they were like oh yes yeah, blue october 
And I was like, are you kidding me? They're like the only band I'm li- I've listened to for the last year. And you're telling me they're here right this moment, right now, and I and, and I didn't know. I couldn't believe it. I was I I begged for my for my parents to just let's just stand around so I can maybe hear a song. I just want to see if I can hear something, you know. <laughs> oh, but they wouldn't let us, and I wasn't too happy. But um, but yeah, so we made it a holiday, and we decided we were going to go for a week. The best part of this whole trip for me was that I got to see a game of baseball. Now, I love baseball. Have done for years and years and years. I'm pretty sure I have mentioned that in the podcast where I talk about Florida specifically. And the fact that the the, the Tampa Bay Rays are just so far away that the the stadium is so far removed that it's just not feasible to go to a game um, when we're there on holiday. It's just it's just not doable. Now that they're moving the team, hopefully, it, by the look of it, it's a lot closer to where we go, and I might be able to start seeing games once they fully move and the stadium is all built. But this allowed me to go and see the Boston Red Sox. They played the Detroit Tigers, I believe, and got beaten by the Detroit Tigers. So, you know, the atmosphere wasn't great. But I got to see a ball game, and I got to buy a professional catcher's mitt, and everything. It was so much fun. It was it was really good. And we, I feel like I'm I'm, I'm reciting in in a class. And we went to the zoo. We went to the Boston Zoo. We went to a couple of museums. I still have all my all my pictures um, from that trip. It was it was so much fun. It really was. And the concert itself, it was a little bit of a worry because it was definitely going to be the latest that we stayed out, and we didn't really know or could really determine the latest buses and trains because. Obviously, this was going to be a late concert, and we didn't want to come out and then not be able to get back home. I say home, get back to the hotel. So, we were a little bit curious, only a little bit. We weren't 100% sure. But we got there slightly earlier than we would normally do, because we wanted to make sure we got the right place first of all, because of traveling around and everything, you know, being in a new a new country, essentially, and a new town. We didn't want to, like, give ourselves an hour to get there before the doors open, and it took us an hour and a half. We wanted, you know, a decent, a decent thing. Although, it wasn't as much of a rush, because, if I remember correctly, we had assigned seats. Because it was a proper theatre, there were seating, and we all had our own seats. So it wasn't as though anyone could necessarily take our seats. But we just wanted to make sure that we got there on time. We didn't want to miss anything. So we arrived. And there wasn't any really a queue. But we asked at the gate. Because the, the window was open. So people could, I think, buy tickets for other events at that venue. Because it was technically a theatre. It wasn't really a venue venue. 
the thing with the UK is if you go to a venue, there's not really a ticket window. For most, like, concert venues, they don't really have a ticket window. That's not how they work. You buy the tickets online. The, the kind of the, what, what you might think is a ticket window, that's just where they take your tickets or scan them to make sure that you've got a legitimate one to get in. But this is this being a theatre, they had an open window. So we went up and we were like, you know, is this the place for the deer hunter? And they were like, yes, it is. And we were like, good. Can we just confirm that we have real tickets? Because we obviously got them online. And we just want to make sure that, you know, these are all legitimate, blah, blah, blah. And, the, and then we caused a problem. Because the woman said, uh, yeah, of course, we'll check, check them for you, not a problem. Scanned the barcode and was like, uh, yep, not a problem. Do you want me to just to print out your tickets for you? And then you'll have the official tickets so you know there won't be any issues at the door. So we said, oh, that would be perfect thinking well we want proper tickets we didn't want the printouts but we couldn't get proper tickets because we were in another country the moment everyone that was there saw that we had because even though there wasn't really a queue there was a, a, a milling of people the moment people saw us get printouts of our tickets they got swamped by people wanting the same because apparently they just didn't give out tickets and people wanted the official tickets. So we queue up and we go in. And it's one of those things where it was a really fun, enjoyable night. And the way that the concert progressed was that they did three uh, groups of three colours with two intermissions in the middle and obviously they did them in order so you had black red and orange first then you had an intermission then you had yellow green and blue with an intermission then you had indigo violet and white now for me who isn't uh like a big diehard fan at that point i had listened to all the colors in a variety of different formats over the years with my brother playing random songs here and there and then knowing this is what we were coming for I focused my listening for that um, it was one of those where I like a lot of the first three and the last three colours the middle three I could give or take but you know don't say it too loudly so it started fantastically and I knew these songs and I was really enjoying them then there was an intermission and I kind of was listening along but wasn't 100% like paying that much attention I knew it was happening and I was enjoying it but it was kind of a bit of a getting over the longness of it during these three colors and then we went for an intermission I got a little bit perked up and then we went off with a bang we've probably my my favorite color is white yeah and and my brother says that it's because they were the last two songs and i mean that could be the case your memory tends to remember the the things that happen closest to now more than it remembers the past but 
no God, and lost but not all gone. I love those songs. And they were the perfect songs to finish on. They're the songs I remember the most. In the, the, I should say, they're the songs I remember enjoying the most. And again, I think it's because of all the colours, white is the colour that I I listened to the most. So white was definitely the, the colour that I was looking forward to the most. Because I know for a fact I knew all four songs. <laughs> like every word of every, of all four songs. But, you know, it's one of those things where it was such a good night. And it was so different to what you normally get. I have very rarely been to a concert where they do... We will, we will sing one whole album from start to finish. Because... There are so many acts that I would love for that to happen with. Even the complaints I have about Richie Sambora, if he announced tomorrow that he was going to be doing a tour in which they did the whole of Stranger in This Town from beginning to end, I would pay money and I would go. I would know what to expect... And I can almost guarantee he'd have the screen that would tell him the lyrics. I don't care. To hear him sing Stranger in This Town, I would pay money from beginning to end. And I'm going to go to another one next year. So if you listen to my podcast, you'll know that there are four concerts that have been postponed heavily from March all the way through to right all the way through to next year really. Um, one of those has been and gone. I'll go into that towards the end of this. Um, and one of them is David Gray, who is going to be in May next year. And he, this whole concert that he's doing, this whole tour, is to celebrate the album White Ladder. And the concert is going to be in two halves. It's going to be kind of best greatest hits and then it's going to be white ladder in its entirety now i'm going to do a podcast that is specifically dedicated to that concert and that album because it means more than you could even understand and just the concept of being able to hear that whole thing sang live I will. I threw money at him. <laughs> I have to see that. You let me see that now. And it was so... We were like a week or two away from seeing it when the first lockdown hit. We were, I was so close. And it's still not happened yet. It's May next year. But I'm immensely looking forward to it. Because that's how the albums are meant to be. That's how they should be. And this is the point with the, with this whole concert. Was that... These they're, they're written in order for a reason. And to hear them all from beginning to end was something that you, not, we're never going to hear again. Now, I've actually got my program in front of me. I went and got it. I paused this. You can hear it. It sounds like thunder. Um, it was signed 
So I do have signatures. I think they are signatures. Um, I'm not sure if it was signed or not. I think they were. Um, however, it does say um, one night only. So it was only one night. And yeah, it was, it was, it was unbelievable. It was such a, it was such a, an unforgettable evening to hear all those songs in order was absolutely fantastic. I did feel like I missed a little something because I had just been listening to some songs that I knew and I didn't really know if they were on an act or on a color at, at certain points. And then I discovered that some of my favorite songs were on acts and I knew that I wouldn't get to hear them so I stopped listening to them and I would hope that I would get to then hear them when they do just a normal tour the problem with that <laughs> was that they didn't come over here for a very long time now bearing in mind by 2012 all of the colours were out and I think four acts, maybe three acts, were out by then. And three acts were out by this time. Um, and it was actually act three that my brother's tattoo was, was modelled on. The, I really wanted to hear some of their other stuff. But my brother said he always keeps an eye. He would give anything to see them live. They simply do not come over to the UK. And that means we have to go to Florida. To, we, and that means that we have to go to Boston to see them. Because we don't know if they are going to come to the UK. Some bands just don't come over here. And it's annoying. But there's very little that we can do about it. If, they, if they're not going to come, they're just not going to come. I mean, if I'm going to get a little gripe off my off my my chest, something that really annoys me are acts that come all the way from America to do festival appearances, but don't do smaller venues whilst you're here. Why are you not doing that? Just book like a couple of dates either side of the venue. Just choose a couple of places near the venue. You don't even have to like go to London and Manchester and do big towns. Just stick to the just stick to the location of where the festival's gonna be. But just do a couple of smaller one off gigs with just you because I'm not a festival goer. Yet I don't get to see you because you only come over here for the festivals. But you know, that's a little issue. However, we were incredibly pleased because three years later, their stock was rising. They were definitely becoming more popular in general around the world. And they announced that they were going to be coming here in September of 2015. They were going to be playing at the Hoxton Bar and Grill in London. And it was the 4th of September. Now, Act 4 had just been released at this point and we had already seen one act 
at the Hoxton Bar and Grill a few years before. So we knew the venue. It's quite a smallish venue. I would say it's slightly bigger than the Bar Flyer, but it's definitely kind of in that area. And it felt a little bit like they were testing the waters to see kind of how popular they were and to see how much they would sell out, that kind of thing. So we bought tickets and I was really excited because it meant that some of the other songs that I really liked, I might actually get to hear. So um, yeah, we went and we saw them and it's, 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 it's a bit worrying, but I don't really remember this that much. I remember going, but I remember the the venue more than the actual act, which for me is upsetting because I do generally have a good memory. So I don't know why it didn't really stick in my head that much, but I do specifically remember hearing the church and the dime. Because that is, if if, if I had to pick my all-time favourite song of theirs, that is my all-time favourite song. I love that song so much. Um, and yes, I, to hear that song live was like a, a, a box tick. Like, yes. It's one of the songs I've wanted to hear live and I've heard it and it is fantastic. Really enjoy it. By all accounts, I'm pretty sure that the rest of the concert was great. Because I, I, I do remember walking away really enjoying it. But I do like I do feel like it was a time when there was so much going on. I was seeing a lot of concerts at that point and jobs were all over the place. And I, yeah, it's kind of lost in a sea of other things that happened. However, they definitely did well. And they definitely got the ticket sales they were obviously expecting because less than a year later, on the 16th of March, they announced they're coming back. This time they're going to be at the Dome in London, which is a much bigger venue. And they're going to be with Grumblebee. Now, if you haven't listened to my last podcast, then by all means go back and listen to that. On that podcast, I talk about bands that I think should have been bigger um, or didn't really take the opportunities that could or should have been there. And Grumblebee were one of those. They were basically uh, a band that I discovered on Kerrang! and they supported the Deer Hunter at this concert. And in my opinion... They absolutely blew it. But, you know, if you want to know the details, then go back and listen to the previous episode. However, the thing about this is I remember this concert a lot more. And it could and it could be because Grumblebee is very much there in my mind. But it's also because, I don't know, I just remember more of it. Um, and and the, the one song that really stands out for me for this concert specifically is a song that if you want to go to YouTube, go now to YouTube and look for the Deer Hunter 
Mustard Gas. And just imagine that song live. Or even look for it live. Because it just, it kicks in with him full pelt, just going fully for it. And you, you, it's one of those songs as well, because there's no building, there's no lead up, it just it just goes. And the audience all join in. It's It's such a good song. And they are just such a good performance live. They really, really are. Well, because since then, um, they've released Act 5, which, oh, it's got such good songs. Um, And this is the thing. Shortly after they released Act 5, they announced that they were going to come here again. We were really excited because they'd gone from not coming here at all to coming here quite rapidly in succession. Love it. Keep it, keep it up, keep it up. However, this time they were going to be coming here towards the middle to the end of 2020. And obviously that didn't happen. So um, we still have tickets and we are now going to be seeing them in May next year. We were actually worried that some of these concerts might have clashed with their rescheduling. But we've been lucky. Um, We've got one in... April and two in May, so they're they're, they're fine. There's there's enough time between them that it shouldn't be a problem. Um, But I am seriously looking forward to them. And look, the thing is, I get that they could sing anything. They could literally sing anything from anything that they've they've made. But I would just love to be able to hear Gloria and Waves, please sing Waves. I'd be I'd be so so sad if you did not sing waves live it is it has gone very much my second favorite song it's very almost my my main favorite song of theirs it does come close to the church and the dime but look just please sing waves <laughs> um and again just to hear them live is going to be spectacular i'm seriously looking forward to it and it came close it actually came really close to seeing them i honestly think that we actually received tickets for a rescheduled deer hunter concert for next week i think um it was definitely around now that it was due to happen but they postponed it to may next year for like the third postponement, I think it was this time. And the thing was, for me, now this is where I'm going to discuss the other concert that happened. So, Normandy are a European band. So for them to come here and not be too dogged down by travelling through COVID, it's not too much of an issue for them. For the Deer Hunter, they've got to come from America, and it's a much bigger issue. David Gray is English. However, it was more about keeping the tour together. He didn't want to do half a tour, and then a gap, and then the other half of the tour. So that makes perfect sense as well. I wonder... I think they just struggled to rebook. Um, and now they've, they've got themselves locked in, and they're also going to be next year. But Normandy could come here 
and did come here. Two weeks ago, sat uh, on a Sunday, was when the concert was. And the thing is, I was looking forward to it. However, I'm not a very go-outy person. If I'm being honest, it's not something I'm I, I do on a on a hugely regular basis. And with COVID being the way it was, I went out probably even less. And I was becoming more anxious as the time was coming. Even though I'm fully jabbed and that would never have been an issue. I don't know, just the idea of being in that larger group of people was becoming a little bit anxious for me. I was still going to go. I was still all ready to go. I had my tickets and everything. On the Friday before we could go, my brother got struck hard with the flu. And Normandy are great. I'm literally sitting in a Normandy t-shirt right now that I got when I bought their album. But I wasn't going to go on my own. So I was I, I, I got let off the hook, shall we say. Um, by my brother being extraordinarily ill with the flu. Um, and it was just the flu. He's, you know, he's got over it now, so he's fine. Um, but we were able to actually resell those tickets. Um, because they were digital tickets, someone actually bought them 20 minutes after the doors opened. Which means people that genuinely wanted to see Normandy turned up tried to get tickets on the door, couldn't get them, so they bought our tickets. And I like that fact. I like to know that people actually got to see them because we couldn't go. It wasn't just a waste. So that was that was also a good thing. However, knowing how bad the flu has been going around, since a lot of people had been inside for a year and a half and then started going out and getting the cold, I just prefer the idea that all three concerts are still six months away. And just give the just give it a time to get over winter, and then we can see all three bands, <laughs> and we'll go for it, and it'll be great. And I, yeah, I'm seriously looking forward to seeing the Deer Hunter. Now, I believe that David Gray is the beginning of May. And Deer Hunter at the end of May. So both of my podcasts in May will probably be regarding both those concerts. The one in the middle of May will be for David Gray and the one at the end will be for the Deer Hunter. But we will wait and see. We will see um, how it goes by then. Because, I mean, in the way the world is right now, literally anything could happen. But that is my story about travelling to Boston to see a band. It's like I said, there are a handful of of acts that I would love to see in certain places. There is a, a Japanese band called Scandal that I would love to see. Because they're Japanese, I can't see them coming to the UK anytime soon. Um, so seeing them in Japan, they're from Kyoto, I think, and that's specifically the place that I have been and would go back to. So 
the chances to see them there would be, you know, definite possibility. And then again, to see Guano Apes anywhere, Germany's fine, go to France to see them, <laughs> anywhere they want to be, I'm, I'm happy to go there, that's fine. Yeah, and if you've never actually heard of The Deer Hunter, then definitely go and listen to either of my playlists in the description, or just go to YouTube and listen to any of the songs I've mentioned, Mustard Gas, Church and the Dime, Waves, Gloria, or if you've been sitting there thinking, no, they don't sound like Panic at the Disco, they've probably got similar things, but they're probably just trying to rip them off, something like that, go and listen to A Night on the Town. That is a, a is a very a similar-esque type of song that I think would fit nicely with some of the earlier Panic at the Disco songs, definitely. So thank you so much for listening. Next time, I am going to be discussing a band that I've seen three times. That I was actually felt really sad for them the first time, I'm going to be honest. A band that I went from feeling okay, I suppose, about them, to being one of their biggest cheerleaders, to then seeing one of the best evenings I think I've ever been to involving them and one of my all-time favorite albums is going to be on this podcast as well it's a lot it's a lot involved um the band are alien ant farm so um if you want to know more then definitely look out for me next time thank you so much for listening <laughs>